Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. It's Caleb, Adam, Rhiannon. We got the whole bunch. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Amazing. Good. Amazing. I'm not doing any better than Rhiannon. (laughs) Are you guys both in new houses now? Is that right? I'm not actually. I'm in the middle of a cornfield. We found a spot out in the cornfields and nowhere. So that's awesome. awesome. Turn to homesteading. So if you guys have any tips and tricks on like slaughtering hogs, let me know. Now, Adam, just, I did see. Oh, sorry. Just ahead, on man. slaughtering hogs. That's all you want. You don't want like. I, I want to work up. I got chickens down pat. Uh, squirrels are good. Um, I want to work up to beef, but that's just too much. Adam, I saw on social media uh, that a bunch of people you're related to won like awards for their like peppers and stuff. I Were won you- awards for the best dill. Um, but no, no, dad, uh, it's been a tradition ever since we were kids. Dad prunes some of the best looking stuff at, at the farm and uh, enters it under our names. So, uh, yeah, I had nothing to do with my dill. I just won grand champion. Does this mean you're a real big dill now? I'm a really oh. big dill. Uh. You know what they say about big dills? <laughs> I knew that was coming next. Uh, MND after dark. Pickle? What's up, guys? It's been weeks. Life's been crazy. Life has been crazy. It has been crazy. And I'm sure my little trip to San Diego is going to make it calmer. Yeah. Are you going to San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. I think she's the only person in the world that is. Yeah. Have fun with that. Have fun. San Diego is going to represent. We were going to have everybody there and like airfare is non-refundable and stuff. So it's going to be a safe Daredevil con. Again, we held a virtual con in 2020 when San Diego was canceled. So we're just going to have to carry the load again this year. Well, we should probably talk about that. So now the uh, actors are striking as well. So um, adios, new new content for a while. You know, whatever's in the bin is all we're going to get for a while. There's also some rumors this week that the AMTP is going to not negotiate until Halloween or something. The, the folks I, that I don't need to skip you, but the Bob Iger was saying how to ruin your legacy in 24 hours. This man gets a contract extension, boosts his bonus five times, and then just on Marvel is the most insane thing I've ever seen in the pandemic era Hollywood. It's ridiculous. Sorry, I cut you both off. No, I'm right there with you. Well, but I mean, I do want to say that, like, I've been. I get most of my news on this from like writers and and sources like that that have been on strike. And they're very much saying that that article about like they're not even going to negotiate until Halloween was a fear tactic to try to get the actors to not vote for a strike. That they actually, I mean, they're losing money too. But, you know, it's costing... AMPTP had lost more money in like the first two weeks of the writer's strike than the writers are asking for. Like, it, yeah, I mean, this is just 
ridiculous. So hopefully AMPTP just like comes to the table and stuff happens. Uh, Caleb, you mentioned that they're not going to negotiate till Halloween, but did you see they have a studio source in the deadline piece that says we're just not going to negotiate until all the writers are homeless? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is that was the piece I was talking about. That's like, how, like what uh, what else do you need to see? This is not a two-sided argument by any means like we're gonna get chat gpt marvel shows and they've shown us they have no problem with it you know yeah i mean this is maybe a dumb metaphor but whenever i deal with like a couple and there's one who wants to go to counseling and there's another one who doesn't it's like oh so one of you wants the relationship to work and one of you's done and that's kind of what this feels like like the writers are like, yes, I would like to talk about our contract. And the studios are like, meh, whatever. Like, we don't care. We're just going to grind you into the ground. Yeah, I guess the studios just want to be single for a little while. Like, they can't even, like, pursue a threesome or something. They're just going to be single. Like, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually wondering in this terrible metaphor what uh, what AI counts as. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, the planet of Contraxia. <laughs> and then, like you have uh, David Zaslav and Jason Bloom posted uh, pictures. Uh, what's that one place in Idaho where all the billionaires go? Sunrise Valley. Yeah, Sun Valley. Uh, yeah whatever and then he like posted hashtag whatever valley soldiers and it's just like you guys are the most out of touch i mean look at the last the last marvel thing where we got that was purely made by the studio and no creative whatsoever had a premiere in imax and it's the worst thing ever right and humans was all studio stuff pardon me if there were actually writers on it but oh, they were, yeah. But yeah. it's 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 insane. Like uh, the bear, the bear people, the people that made one of the hottest shows in television can't even afford to pay their rent. So, like, uh, I mean, and poor Cody, like, getting like there was an awful headline made of his tweet where he's just like Cody Ziegler that wrote one of the episodes of She Hulk, like probably my favorite episode of She Hulk. Yeah, pointing out that he's gotten like $386 from writing that episode. No, and you know, I mean, from a PR perspective, when when the directors made a deal, to me, the screen actors became real interesting because it's, you know, like the narrative was either going to be, oh, well, SAG and DGA can get along with the studios. Why can't the writers? But now that the that SAG has struck, it's a little bit the other way, like, oh, the directors took the cheese, but these two realize that they shouldn't, you know, like, to me, that's a big difference in sort of how it's perceived even. Yeah, I think AI, I mean, there's a lot of issues bubbling up, but I think you don't have as many like starving directors and career level directors, because I think that's what like the big message this been today is like, this isn't about your Brad Pitts and your A level, your Tom Hanks you know, millionaire actors. This is about your day actors that like work week to week. Probably are serving you food in the LA area, like that all have two jobs and, you know, that it's about them getting by day to day. And these A-listers are on board because they want those actors to be treated better. 
Um, but I think like in the director's guild, that isn't as much of a pipeline. You know, you don't have as many starving directors. They're probably actors that hope to one day direct. Yeah. Or producers makes, or critics or something. It makes me think a bit of um, Jaman Hansu. I don't know how real this is, but like he's talked about, you know, in interviews that like he's been in a ton of huge movies. He was in Guardians. He's been like six different people in the DCU. And he just acts like he never hardly made any money doing all that stuff because he was always, you know, a character actor that kind of had little roles. So not to be too ghoulish about it. If we talk about how this affects Marvel, I mean, I think it's very... It's not going to affect movies until two or three down the road. Uh, Daredevil, Adam, for, you've been on this train for a while that they're going to split Daredevil into two halves. I feel like this almost guarantees that they'll split it into two halves. Like they'll take the half that they have and put it out to tide them over because the second half is still not finished yet, I would think. Or is that, you know? I mean, what? They were maybe a third done, Rhiannon, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think they even got through nine episodes. Oh, Um, because like what we were hearing, or what Adam had been hearing, were was that there was two nine episode halves, but I don't think they got through nine episodes. Yeah, so they might even have to break it up into three. Yeah, Uh, yeah, we're talking what Daredevil, uh, Deadpool three. Uh, Which I am glad Deadpool 3. I am really upset that they tried to keep filming Deadpool 3 when Ryan Reynolds couldn't ad lib. Yeah. So is Deadpool 3 not done? I guess I thought it was was wrapped. But they were still filming during the writer's thing when Ryan couldn't improvise. Yeah, Um, I mean, that that one seems to me that it could still make its release date, though. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to release Cap 4 without reshoots. We've never seen a non-reshot, screen-tested Marvel movie before, have we? How bad's it going to be? Well, yeah, I guess I'm assuming that they wrap this stuff by Christmas, and then they can do some reshoots January, February, and still get it out by July. You know, I don't know, man. Every the pandemic's changed a lot of stuff. You know, I, you know, we we say Fox and Disney will never merge, and then the pandemic just wrecked havoc on on the entire planet. Who knows? Maybe there's never a deal ever done. So now it's just a bunch of like <laughs> non WGA writers doing stuff. I don't want to call them scabs, but I don't. They, I don't they would be scabs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you think, I don't. You think the rest? Do you think like Phase Six of the Marvel Universe is just going to be like Chat GPT spitting out scripts? It, I, it it honestly could be. I mean. I don't think they've probably ever been as far apart as they are now, you know? I mean, the, the whole thing's AI and AI is just, I mean, studios need it because studios see what their bottom line can be without paying people. And I, I don't know, you know, yeah. until we get someone in. I thought Bob Iger had enough heart <laughs> to kind of lead the, the creative thing, but apparently not. Bob Iger has his $27 million a year income to uphold. Yeah. To justify. And, you know, David Zaslav doesn't give two about anything other than numbers. So it's not looking good for for a, a resolution anytime soon. Even if they do 
you know, hold out till Christmas. We're talking bare bones, everything in 2024, you know? Yeah. The the only thing I never know about, you know, and Rhiannon, you, I think, hinted at this a little bit. I never know how seriously to take some of these things. Like, I would assume that Bob Iger is playing tougher than what he actually thinks. Like, it's kind of his job to go on TV and to sound Mm -hmm. harsher than where he really is because that's a negotiating position. So I guess we can just hope that the stuff that we're hearing about negotiations and that the AMTP isn't really interested in coming to the table, as you said, might be a little bit to scare the union into giving up stuff they don't want to give up. And it's not actually what they're thinking. And that maybe there is some uh, some network and studio people that are starting to sweat a little bit about their lack of content coming up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what, I mean, that's the message I'm hearing a lot from just all of the writers I follow is there's a lot of propaganda out here. Like to remember that there's a lot of propaganda. There are major corporations that want you to believe that this is a greed play, that this is, and that they want them to believe a lot of these strikers were living fist to mouth to begin with. He wants them to think that if they don't just settle right now, they're never going to work again. The AMTVTP needs to make products. You know, yeah, they they can't they can't go without. That. I'm so glad the actors joined the strike because I could see the writers' strike just going on until Christmas. But I cannot see productions just completely stopping with no act. You know, with the actors for any significant amount of time. Yeah. Um, we, we've already talked about a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Bob Iger's uh, comments as far as specifically Marvel. Um, yeah. I'm interested in your two's take because I know how I heard it, but I don't know how you heard it. I mean, he mentioned about sort of the glut of content we got out of Marvel in Star Wars and he had some thoughts about that. How did you guys read what he said in that interview about those things? Well, when he said that Marvel had never made television before and now they do. <laughs> but that felt like, like, like salt in the wound for like the AOS people, you know, like, sorry. He, Iger's like, Marvel never had anything to do with any TV. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, no, no. You know, I mean, he means Marvel Studios. He means Kevin Feige is what he means. But Yeah, but it's just like, Iger, weren't you, like, in charge of that? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, it seems like he's putting a lot of the blame on where Disney is, on the focus, on that they took money to focus on Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, production on Disney Plus. I mean, that's really what, because it's not really about television. It's about, and I think like, I mean, there is a balance there. I mean, I I think if we honestly look at these first couple of years of Disney Plus, they created television. The problem isn't necessarily that they're creating television. The problem is that they're creating with movie budgets and they're trying to create movie quality television and they're doing it from the spe- special effects and they're doing it, you know, from the, the fights and all of that. They're not doing it from like the quality of television there. Again, they're not doing it from like, you know, they're doing the lead writer thing instead of having writers as showrunners. I would argue they're still not doing television. They're just doing long form movies. I mean, it's felt the whole time that that Disney didn't understand their television approach to Disney Plus and that 
or that there were a lot of disconnects there. And I think to me, Iger's comments just prove that that is true. Funny that they have so much pride that they don't want to ask any of the Marvel TV people for like advice or anything, you know? It's like you guys could have had the people who made Marvel television shows make Marvel television shows. Uh, but then like Rhiannon said, you know, you have Secret Invasion, which has a two hundred and twelve million dollar budget for six episodes, and it looks pretty much the same as the blacklist, you know, like whatever. So I thought that I think I heard Iger actually being pretty generous to Kevin Feige. Like he very clearly said, it's what we asked them to do. And then he said some line like, it's not the personnel. So in other words, like whatever you think of the lower quality on Disney Plus, that's my fault for asking Kevin Feige to pop out four television shows a year, not Kevin Feige's fault for not making good television shows, which I thought was him kind of falling on the grenade for it, you know? And I would so, fall on a grenade too for $27 million. <laughs> fall on two right. grenades, man. I don't need legs. But I think it's interesting as far as we read it stuff, I think it shows that he's not whatever the frustrations with phase four and five have been. I don't think Iger puts the blame on Kevin Feige. I don't think he puts it on the executive team. I don't think he's putting it on Marvel Studios or for that matter, Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. I think he was basically saying we tried to make too much crap and we know we did. And so we're going to make less of it. And I don't know. To me, there's a, there's some degree of honesty there in that. And I think that's true. Um, The other thing he didn't say that I wish he would is that like a lot of the blame, I think falls at wall street too, because when they started Disney plus wall street's like, we'll give you all sorts of money if you get subscribers and then like six months in, all of a sudden, Wall Street was like, no, we want you to be profitable. You're wasting money on subscribers. May, I, and I understand I, Iger is no one's best friend right now today. But I think if you look at what they've done with Disney+, Plus, they've done exactly what investors asked them to do. And the fact that investor investors are fickle little jerks is not like Bob Iger's fault. It's not Kevin Feige's fault. They're just having to be reactive. And so when they were spending $200 million to make Falcon the Winter Soldier, that's what Wall Street wanted them to do. And then like midstream, all of a sudden, there was like, no, we want you to be profitable. Um, I do generally agree, though, Adam, what costs so much? I just got done watching Citadel on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. It's six episodes. The episodes are like 34 minutes long. And the thing costs $350 million to make or something stupid like that. Mm -hmm. Half of it takes place at like a kitchen table in a house in Virginia. Like, like (laughs) I I don't understand. Like I literally watched it and thought, were they just like using money as toilet paper? Was there like hundred dollar bills that people are like blowing their noses on? Like how did this show cost $350 million? And I don't get that with a lot of um, even the movie budgets. Why did Ant-Man Wasp cost $250 million to make? Like, I just don't, I guess some of it's COVID stuff, but like everything is bizarre. Fast 10, that movie should not have been a $350 million movie. I saw it. It wasn't that good. Like, it wasn't that, there wasn't even that much stuff in it. Like, I don't, I don't get what's happening, you know? I almost started playing Bulls on Parade, man. You going against Big Bank and Wall Street. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine, and then you turn out to defend Disney. So I don't know if I can play Rage Against the Machine quite yet. Or 
But I mean, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's sort of the same path as what I'm saying is it's, I don't think it's the quantity. I think it's that they're assuming that money equals quality. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that we look back that was quality on a low budget. I mean, the first season of Daredevil was around $100 million for the whole season. Well, and for that matter, I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I want to say it had like a $130, $150 million budget. They, Marvel, you know, like if you want to make Avengers movies for a quarter billion dollars, cool. But like an Ant-Man movie should always be budgeted at 125. Like just do what you can with 125 and it doesn't hurt it. You know, like if you go back, Ant-Man is still a great movie that's very rewatchable and did not cost that much. Why are you paying 300 million to make something that's just a mess? Like, I, I just think the budgets, I see it over and over again. Disney's been really bad about this. Little Mermaid costs so much money. Like, I think it's COVID stuff too. Like, I do really do think the COVID rules were like prohibitively expensive, but I don't know. Something's got to get fixed there or else they just can't do this forever. You know, uh, is there any other Marvel news you guys want to talk about before we talk about Secret Invasion? Do you guys think I am Wolverine? Oh, yeah. That's That's right. Yeah, The thing that made me so happy this week, the joy in my heart. We have a real Wolverine costume. Do we think that's X-Men 97 Wolverine or some other? I cannot wait for Deadpool 3. I mean, the set photos, it's just going to be mindless fun. They have that. You saw that big 20th Century Fox sand castle logo. Did you see that picture? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, there's a set photo where like it's like uh, Planet of the Apes, but it's the 20th Century Fox <laughs> logo sticking out of the ground, and it's just huge. Um, it's it's going to be an incredible movie. It's almost all but guaranteed that it's like Deadpool kills the Marvel universe or the Fox universe or something like that. Yeah. Well, um, and if if the listeners are listening who are very sensitive, this wasn't a trade. What I'm about to say, but it is a little spoilery. Uh, apparently, we're going to get jennifer garner back as electra which yeah. i thought was bizarre super bizarre yeah i mean the rumors are horrendous yeah. i mean that's awesome Bring I, it. I, for, I feel like ben affleck was a rumor but like hollywood reporter yeah. was reporting jennifer garner so yeah affleck was a rumor but jennifer garner was in a trade so yeah. bring it let's see I, I want deadpool's opinion on all of it after those two, I mean, really, the only cameo we would have to need is Blade, right? Like, just throw Wesley Snipes' Blade in there. I don't think that wasn't even Fox, though. I feel like a Chris Evans, um, yeah, uh, uh yeah, Human, Human Torch. Torch. Let's yeah. gotta happen, right? Like, they got him for Free Guy or Fall. What was the movie called? Free Guy, Fall Guy. Yeah, yeah Free, Free Guy. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Rhiannon knows I'm a sucker for a costume. It can be not a great show, but if it's got the costume, I'm happy. Seeing Hugh Jackman finally in the yellow and black, I was so happy. <laughs> I The second I saw that yellow, I was like, I know the guys are happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I don't know, I'm increasingly excited about that movie, and I'm not a big Deadpool guy, so... Uh, there's something that's very charming to me about Deadpool 3 
being the only MCU Deadpool movie, you know, like the mm-hmm. fact that one and two are not in the MCU, but this one is, I just think is very funny. Yeah. So. Well, and I think it'll give us a lot of chance for answers and stuff like that. Like you said, like destroying the Fox universe or figuring out how it connects. I think, I think it'll have some cool opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I am a little nervous. I, I heard some people suggesting that, uh, it's maybe a little too plot wise similar to the flash which was not oh. very good so but we'll see who cares at this point whatever do you see the flash adam uh no well yeah not in theaters <laughs> that's a sketchy answer in a way that we can't suggest to our listeners without involving the legal department <laughs> uh, you know whatever man i mean uh, you can't watch the third season of Final Space anywhere besides piracy. So whatever, you know, they're deleting media. So that's why physical media matters. So go snatch up all the DVDs and Blu-rays you can. Uh, I think that's, is that all the yeah. newsy stuff? Uh, yeah, Amon Vellante oh, yeah. uh, is writing Miss Marvel. Amon Vellante is writing a comic? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen that yet? What? No. They just announced it this morning. It's uh, Miss Marvel, the new mutant. Oh, because you many series and Amon's writing it this fall. And they're going to resurrect her this fall, right? Just in time yeah, for the, as a mutant, the Marvels. As most expected. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, Ms. Marvel's writing Miss Marvel. So that's cool as hell. I saw G. Willow Wilson's right doing some of the like uh, death of yeah, the Miss Marvel of, stuff. Yep. Ooh, I'll have to talk to my wife. She will be super excited about that. That's really she's cool. co-writing that with someone, but they they got her. So, yeah, dude, the Marvels can't come fast enough. I'm so excited for that show, movie. But I want I want Amon to be able to do press for the Marvels. So we need That's the strike true. to end. That is yes. I always wonder too if that um like is that motivate the studios like when they said Halloween like. In some ways, once the summer movies are done, they kind of almost are okay for a month or two. But then when the holidays come, they're like, oh, crap, I need Jason Momoa out there to, like, you know, yeah. advertise Aquaman. Well, that's, that's what SAG was. I want to think that I read somewhere that they were upset yesterday because they did extend the negotiations a couple weeks before striking. Right. SAG went into it thinking there was good faith negotiations. And PTP did nothing in those two weeks. So what it really was, was letting the actors promote the summer films. Yeah. So and like, I know they did it because of IMAX, but moving Mission Impossible up to this Wednesday instead of this Friday, sort of brilliant because that way Tom Cruise could like do a bunch of media before it came out, you know, because I don't know why he strikes me as a guy who cares more about Mission Impossible than the Union. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way he strikes me. <laughs> I'm not saying he would be a scab, but like, there's no stories of him paying off writer, you know, helping writers keep their apartments. And there are stories of like Robert Downey Jr. helping pay writers, (laughs) helping them pay their mortgages or whatever. He he strikes me as a very weird dude. So yeah, let's go secret invasion because I just realized. Oh yeah. Go get my mother. All right, well, I'm going to dip yeah. since I haven't watched it in a month. So, <laughs> all right, Adam. Hey, Adam. See episode two. You want to say anything about episode two? Very cool. Uh, Fury's wife reveal was cool. 
So, I, I felt um, like uh, Don Cheadle and um, Samuel that scene Jackson. Was incredible. Yeah, that was awesome, right? Yeah, yeah. That that diner scene. Obviously, we all knew Rhodey was a scroll all along, which is apparently just got confirmed. So that's cool. But uh, yeah, uh, Sam Jackson's killing it, man. Obviously, he's yeah. the best part of the show, rightfully so, because it's his show. But uh, are yeah. you guys not disturbed by the fact that he hasn't had those scratches across his face this whole time? Like, yeah, I patch over him. No, the scratches now go from like mid forehead to halfway <laughs> down his cheek. They are not the part of his face that was covered by an eye patch. <laughs> like he took that eye patch off, and the scarring went like across his whole freaking face. Like it bothers me. But. Oh, it's all it is is flurkin scratches grow over time because that's the way that species works. That's all you need to know. I get it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's Caleb. all fixed. All fixed. Uh, he had, he had them in flashbacks but I'll... if he lives to be a hundred they'll just be all the way encompassing his head you know <laughs> all right adam we'll let you go man see you guys rhiannon what have you thought of the last couple episodes um i feel like it's picking up i feel well i feel like the show is very consistent but it's maybe not like consistently i love it but i I'm enjoying it. There's just enough twists. There's just enough stakes. There's just enough, you know, uh, I don't know, things happening along the way. Like, this is the first week that I've been like, hey, maybe I'll go watch that episode again because I didn't quite, you know, maybe I think I missed it. Maybe I want to see some clues. I haven't, like, I expected this to be a series where, like, every episode I would want to watch two or three times because there would be stuff that I wanted to dig in on. And it's just now sort of getting to that point for me. Yeah. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I've, uh, I've enjoyed it. It's, um, I felt like the uh, president's um, motorcade this time was actually the kind of scene we need in these shows because I don't think that had to be super expensive, you know, but like it had tension. It was appropriately scaled. It didn't have to be end of the world thing, but it was significant and important, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I do feel like some people need to stay dead. If they kill somebody at the end of every episode and that person just comes back to life at the next episode, I'm not like to me, Talos and Maria need to stay dead because if they come back, this is going to get real old real fast, you know? Yeah, but I I also didn't expect them to bring Amelia Clark in for three episodes of just going around talking. Like, I, like she's not an A, A-lister, A-lister, but, like, she's a big name for them to bring in and just yeah. do nothing with. Yep. I also, I don't know, maybe I'm just mean. I felt like uh, they took, they kind of took the less interesting option with Fury and his wife, like both just letting each other go. You know, like I felt like that was an inherently dramatic moment that got less, less dramatic when they were both like, never mind, I love you, just keep on living, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you. That was, I, It was one of the most interesting scenes of the whole series for me. Uh You know, like, yes, you would expect Fury to be, you know, to find out that somebody is wanting to kill him and that he's not going to trust his wife. And them both having the guns on each other 
And then just that scene where you hear the guns shoot and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just sitting there like, is there blood splatter? Are we supposed to see blood splatter here? Like, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, to me, that was one of the most interesting scenes in the whole series. Yeah. And then to go back, and I mean, as far as like the reality of them walking away, I don't think that's all done. I think it'll come back and we'll. That's not the end of that. Yeah. Um, I think we probably should talk about Olivia Coleman. She's not been in it, but she's absolutely incredible when she is, you know, like her little scene torturing the scroll in the um, butcher yeah. shop. She was pretty great. I could deal with a lot more of her in the show, you know? I have loved just this amount of her. Like it has been just perfect. Like she comes in, she gets the job done. She has somebody that is just like, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to do it. And there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been fine with that. That's been great. So let me ask you, we basically have gotten one big reveal as far as Don Cheadle is a scroll, you know? Um, I don't know. How do you feel like that has been handled? I, like, I didn't care. Like, I don't know. Like, something with Don Cheadle being a scroll, Rody, with Rody being a scroll, <laughs> I, I didn't care i mean i didn't even i mean like you guys were like you could totally see that he was going to be a scroll for me it was like they made him a jerk before they made him a scroll so i didn't really care either way i was just like oh so rudy became a jerk you know rather than oh rudy must not be himself because he's usually such a nice guy like i don't feel like i know him well enough to know how nice of a guy he's supposed to be Oh, no, I think that's a huge problem. They took yeah. the character with the least character development in the history of the MCU. So you can't be like, ooh, is that weird for him? Because you're like, well, I don't know. We don't know anything about yeah. this guy. Yeah, that's what I was kind of like. I think he's a pretty, I mean, this seems pretty on character for him. I've never gotten the feeling that he like, was warm and fuzzy. I always felt that he was a patriot that would do whatever his supervisor said and... You know, also an Avenger. But even well, though it was just sort of he was doing his job and ended up being friends with like I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't feel like I know Brody well enough for it to have been a big deal. And the fact that he's a scroll to me isn't a big deal. I did expect far more twists of like people high up in government being scrolls. And the way they've just done it, like, here we are gathering in a basement, and for some reason we're just letting this graphic guy be in charge of all of us. <laughs> Uh, to me, it's a little bit weak, but... Well, even to me, like, uh, when you started making all the wrestling references and the church building, I found myself thinking, either that's the scroll who likes wrestling, or Rhodey has always liked wrestling, and we don't know until right now, and they stole it from his memories. And I don't know which of those those are, because I don't know this guy at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... Yeah, I'm in the same boat because I'm just like. So, like, I, you know, I think there was a lot of speculation through the years of other folks that might be scrolls. If it's just, you know, somebody was like, oh my gosh, I think Brody's been a scroll set. Evidently, there was a rumor in this, or there was in the story of when Fury's wife talked about how she chose that body. People are taking that there's hints there that that was the time that. Rody became a scroll. So the scroll took over Rody. 
And why do we care? I mean, I think that's just. See, to me, though, I do want to know how long. That's the mm-hmm. one moment that might get me a bit because, like, if it's like he was a scroll during the Civil War, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because r- right now, I don't know. And if they end up saying, like, oh, we nabbed him two months ago. Okay. Like, if he has been nabbed by the skull- scrolls since I saw him on screen last, who cares? You know, like, it's more interesting to me if I've watched four movies with scroll Rhodey in it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember what all he did in The Winter Soldier. Like, did he have a part in giving the shield to, what's his face? U.S. US agent guy? Yeah, they had some kind of conversation about it. I don't even remember it that well. I feel like he kind of just told Sam to trust himself or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what, you know, like if it does go back and then it's like, oh, okay, so he gave the, he gave Cap's shield, you know, to this bad dude and all that. And, you know, that like, you know, that the scroll gave away Cap's shield and that the scroll like somehow sabotaged them with Thanos. You know, like it's right. like, can do all that, but like. Or he purposely got someone? shot. He purposely got shot out of the air to like accentuate the conflict between Cap and Iron Man in Civil War or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I still don't know that I would care as much as like people talking about. I mean, at this point, because there were a lot of people that were hoping Natasha was a scroll and that. Yeah, the real Natasha was actually out there somewhere, but she would have turned into a scroll when she died if she was a scroll. So that would be a major uh, continuity issue. Yeah, that would be a continuity issue. But yeah. I don't know. I I would well, like some higher stakes. It it does seem that until now you couldn't get a like you couldn't develop powers by copying someone else like that's why they're trying to do the super scroll stuff yeah which takes away your i mean it makes roadie actually the perfect option because he's one he's like the hero we have who has no physical power to him he's just in a suit you know him and tony are like the only real options maybe falcon i I guess but yeah falcon if she was alive, Nat doesn't have any. Right. Yeah, but I don't feel like they're going there. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, that's where it's giving me hope that maybe it'll build. You know, I kind of, I liked the idea of Fury maybe not knowing his wife was a scroll that everybody, you know, had for like one hot minute. Um, but they knocked that out. Um it's it's got a lot of potential and i'm hoping how many more episodes do we have is it six yeah two to me the best thing this can do is like set up the scrolls for the marvels or some other like intergalactic thing that's going to be you know like the scrolls is a new bad guy on the international scene or intergalactic scene or whatever I don't know. It, it is feeling a bit much ado about nothing at this point. Like, I just don't feel like the other thing that they're probably doing is introducing us to the president in the White House so that we can get ready for apparently President 
Ross, you know, in Captain America, uh, Brave New World or whatever, but. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it just, it, yeah. It's, some of it is, I, I think if I, if I rewatch it and I think of it as, a personal Nick Fury story that's just about Nick Fury, like being fleshed out as a character. I think yes. I probably would like it better because I think they're doing that. And maybe I just have the wrong expectations. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is they're doing that and, and I enjoy it from that standpoint, but like they're doing it with a very, very big backdrop. And there's so many cool things that they could be doing with the secret invasion concept that that feels kind of wasted yeah um and then throwing in like they don't need superpowers but okay yeah i mean that's you know like then throwing in them having superpowers and them being resistant to radiation and the, yeah like there's so many cool things they could be doing with the scrolls that i still hope they're going there but it doesn't feel like it yet yeah, and there's not a lot of time left to for it to go there. Yeah, I kind of thought in this last episode we were going to go there. We were going to find out, like... And I guess we did. I guess we found out that the president's whole detail was scrolls. And I guess other than the nuclear thing... I guess we do have stakes... I don't know. I mean, overall, I'm enjoying it, though. It's just... Yeah. I I think that's the thing, too, is, like, I've had a year to think about what this is going to be. You know, like, I saw those first clips a year ago, and that was a slightly different, gritty, dark, but, you know, I've had a year for those clips to be, like, oh, I want the show to be this. And it's some of that, but it's... Mm maybe too much anticipation. Yeah. And I I know we may be different here, but again, to me, the fact that Andor came out first and it was sort of like this, but it was much more subtle and much more real to life. And to me, much more emotionally affecting, you know, this just feels like Andor Jr. a little bit to me. I don't know if that's fair, but those things are necessarily in my mind together. So. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll see where these next two episodes go. Yeah. All right. All right. I think that does it for now. Yeah, we'll, uh, this is, I guess, the halfway mark or so of this show, and hopefully we'll talk again when it wraps up and yeah. go from there. All right. Well, enjoy All your right. summer vacation. Thank you. It was good talking to you, Rhiannon. Thanks, listeners, yeah. for listening, and we'll we'll be back to you guys soon. Bye.